Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. Today, if you're brand new to our church, I'm going to read the Bible. Joshua chapter 1 is where I'm going to jump to today. I'm going to read nine verses, not, not ten, not eight, nine verses out of Joshua chapter 1. And I want to talk to you today on this idea of being a transformer. The last two weeks, we talked about God transforming us. And I do believe as God transforms us, that he actually makes us into transformers. Come on, if you believe it, say amen. Joshua chapter 1, and uh, verse 1 says, after the death of Moses. After what? Can we all agree that that's not the way you want to start a book? I don't know if you're ever going to write an autobiography, but I don't recommend the first line, after the death. Not really starting on a happy note. It says, after the death, not just any man, but Moses. Moses being the most prominent leader in Israel's history. So this is Alexander the Great dying in your nation. This is, come on, JFK, Ronald Reagan, whoever you prescribe to. This is, this is a big leader in our generation dying to Israel much greater. And in this moment of, of grief, transition, I am intrigued at the lack of empathy that we find in the passage of Scripture. Because God speaks immediately after the death of Moses to Joshua, who was the son of a nun. It's a joke, church joke. You read that later. Uh, the son of Nun. And it says, uh, Moses' assistant. <clears throat> he says, my servant, this is what he tells him. He says, my servant is dead. Now, therefore... Go on a sabbatical. Mourn for six months. Get six years of counseling. Go be depressed. Your mentor, your father in the faith, your hero, the one you've learned everything from is gone. And it's crazy that God has the audacity to go, hey, it's time to arise. Like, God, can I get a little pity party here? I just want to stay home. I'm, I'm taking a sick day. I noticed this, that God says, Arise. Say with me, therefore, go over to the Jordan, you and all these people to the land in which I'm going to give them, the children of Israel. Every single place the sole of your foot treads upon, I have already given you. As I said to Moses from the wilderness of Lebanon, as far as the great river Euphrates, to the, all the land of the Hittites and all the ites. God said, I'll even get rid of the cellulites. Come on. Tricky people to get rid of. <clears throat> I'll get rid of the Hittites to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. He says, be strong and of good courage. And all this people to divide, I will inheritance the land in which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong. Be very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it from the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This is the book of the law that shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do all that is written in it according to all of it. Then you will make your way prosperous. Who wants to be prosperous? Then you will have good success. Who wants to have good success? Have I not commanded you to be strong and of good courage? California, be strong and of good courage. He says, do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God, come on, even in 2021, he says, is with you wherever you go. I love Joshua chapter 1. I want to pray this morning. I do feel like God is going to give us some marching orders today. I felt a level of just almost, uh, I don't know, some weeks you almost feel like an agitation in your spirit at the darkness that is mocking the people of God. And I felt it today. And so I want to just pray. And on the behalf of all of California, the body of Christ, I believe this is our time to rise. I want to talk about transformers today. God, I just thank you for the opportunity. God, on this 11 o'clock service on this beautiful day, to meet together with your people. I pray that, Lord, you would meet us where we are. I pray that you would raise our faith today. 
I pray that you would bring us closer to who Jesus is, our knowledge, and our relationship with you. Remove the obstacles that get in the way of our relationship with you. God, today we want to commune with your Holy Spirit. We want to welcome you. Do what only you can do today. In Jesus Christ's name, all God's people said. Come on, all God's people said. Amen. Anybody, uh, anybody, I mean, maybe you're a little older, I would say even older than 30, 35, 40. Anybody remember the toys you grew up playing with a little bit? Kind of have vague memories of what we did. I, I do at times feel sorry for the younger generation because we grew up in a time period that we had this thing called uh, an imagination. We used to think about stuff. <laughs> I remember just like with a pencil and a pen just drawing things that were in my head. Anybody else drawing skate parks when you're growing up? Come on. Remember designing stuff, thinking about stuff, and now it's like, man, we don't do that very much anymore. Uh, we, we live in a different period of time. I, I grew up in maybe one of the greatest windows of toy, uh, uh, toy paraphernalia. I remember Stretch Armstrong. Grew up in a great era of time that we didn't just have Stretch Armstrong. All the ladies, you guys had easy-bake ovens. Come on, who doesn't like an undercooked brownie? We grew up in a dispensation of time with different toys, gadgets, Furbies, Teddy Ruxpin. Bring it back right there. I grew up in an era of time that we used to have trampolines without nets. You can't even find a trampoline without a net nowadays. You couldn't find a trampoline that had a pad over its, its springs back in my day. Jumping on exposed springs. Come on, who's ever had an arm or leg go between the springs? Who had a friend that went to the ER? Come on, raise your hand. We all been there. We grew up in a dangerous period of time. We grew up in a, t a period of time that we didn't have as much, but what we did have, we used. I remember growing up, man, and my mom, we didn't have a lot of money. Like, we were so poor, our welcome mat just said, well. It's a joke. Like, you ring the doorbell at my house, the toilet flushed. It's good. It's good. <laughs> Where's the bathroom, Mrs. Francie? She hands you a shovel, point at the back door, say, may the force be with you. I'm just kidding. All jokes when I was a kid. Um, good times. I uh, I was thinking about this though, how we grew up in a different time period. We didn't have a lot, and uh, one of the cool toys to have when I was a kid was Transformers. I actually remember McDonald's used to give out good toys in the Happy Meals. Now they give away like paper cards. I'm not happy about that. Okay. I don't go to McDonald's anymore. Come on, don't judge me. But I, uh, I remember growing up, and my mom, uh, she bought me a Transformer one year. Transformers were awesome because they were like four toys in one. We didn't have a lot, so to have that one toy, it was like, I have four toys to play with. This thing turns into a car, a truck, a spoon, a helicopter, or a six-foot-tall Transformer if you could afford the rest. And I remember growing up, that was the coolest thing when I was a kid, Transformers. And I remember God gave me this revelation years ago that the Transformers were cool toys because whoever put their hands on the Transformer could make that thing whatever they desired it to become. And I really feel like even today it's still true that whatever you give your life to, whatever, whatever entity in the world you permit to put hands on you, I believe in the hands of darkness you can turn into demonic dark tools. I believe in the hands of God, we can turn into the things that he wants us to become. I believe that whoever's hands are on your life will determine what you will become. We talked about transformers. We talked about being transformed. And, you know, many times it is the quality of a finished product that determines the effort we put into it in, on the other side. If you believe you're building a car for the demolition derby, you will not value that car the same way as if you are building that car to take it to a car show. If you are selling it at Barrett-Jackson, you will put different effort into it than if you are building that car for a demolition derby at a fairgrounds. I believe how we build our families, our lives, the church, and even how God raises up the people of God in California will be determined by what we see coming in the future. If your theological worldview says the, the, the church is going to hell, the world is going to hell, and God's going to come back for some dilapidated, bow-legged, crippled church that has no power, 
Your life will build God's kingdom with that attitude. But if we believe that God can raise up a bride, like Ephesians talks about, that's beautiful, that doesn't have spots, does not have wrinkles, we'll give our lives and leverage our existence to build something awesome. I love the story of Joshua because it's a story about how a bunch of unqualified, unarmed, underfunded, under-equipped, basically underdogs, go into the greatest seven years of success that maybe, quite frankly, any nation in any time in history has ever experienced. You have two million people led by a guy named Joshua that for seven years... These guys, after four centuries in slavery in Egypt, after four decades wandering in the wilderness, are now assimilated, and God says, guys, in the next seven years, unknown to you, unknown to you, you're actually going to go in in seven years, and you're going to conquer seven nations. You're going to have authority, and you're going to defeat 31 kings. I'm going to give you 10,000 miles of the greatest square footage and acreage that Orange County, or come on, the land of Canaan, has to offer you. You're going to go from living in Corona to living in Orange County. That hurts for somebody. Come on. God says to them, I am bringing you into the land of giants. I know you're not, I know you're not up to par. You're not trained enough. You're not, you're not well equipped. You're not, you're not trained well enough. But I'm telling you that you're going to go in. And I'm going to use you to actually bring victory into the land. I was praying this week, and I just felt like this, this almost battle cry in my soul for the body of Christ in the state of California that says, God, if you could bring change then, if you could use underdog statistics, bad odds, sway, come on, Vegas is not betting on the church in California to rise. But I felt my soul so strong that God says, I'm raising up transformed sons and daughters. And as these people get big in their faith, big in their convictions, clear in their revelation of God, and they know who their God is, they will be strong, and they're going to do some great exploits. Come on, can I get a good amen? I am shocked at right now, even in the world, it's like there is this all-out war. You can feel it. You can sense it. People don't talk about it. I'm not trying to prescribe. I, look, I read the same things you read. I see the same articles, the same news media outlets. I see the same craziness right now that you see in California. Trying to teach our three and four-year-old kids things that adults shouldn't be studying. I think to myself, God, how have we lost our moral compass? God, how have we let this darkness invade our land? How has our politics become corrupt? How has our free land become so restrained? And I believe that God is looking for his people to rise in this hour. I believe that like Joshua, he's getting ready to do something inside of us before he takes us in to do something outside of us. Come on, if you believe that, say amen. I feel it so strong that God is getting ready to raise up some Joshuas. There is a battle going on. You can feel it. It's, it's evident. You watch the news. You see what's going on. It's like, is this really happening? And I believe that this world is of a God encounter. You see, I believe it's our encounters with God that actually bring us to a place of being transformed in our minds. And the absence of God in our culture is a direct byproduct of decades of absence of people encountering God. We are in a drought right now of spiritual awakening. I believe that the land is dry and if the church does not have water flowing where will the world drink from? And I feel it so strong even now that God spoke to Joshua and he said, look, guys, you're going to rise. You got to rise. I was taken back. Okay, your hero dies. The greatest leader in our history dies. And your first words are arise? I thought it was a little bit insensitive. Probably be some cancel culture if that was said today. Unsympathetic Lord of Lords. I'm shocked that he tells Joshua, Joshua, I know there's craziness going on. And here's what the Lord told me this week. Before any new season begins, there's usually always tears. There is almost something with tears that shuts one chapter 
and opens up new chapters. And while his eyes are still swollen with water, God says, look, there's transition happening in the land. There's giants that are taunting you. There's enemies ahead of you. There is a dark land that needs the light of my kingdom. But before you go in, Joshua, the first thing I need you to do is personally, I need you to arise. I believe that before any transformation happens to nations, it has to happen in neighborhoods. And it doesn't happen in neighborhoods until it happens in houses. And it doesn't happen in the house until it happens in your spouse. And it doesn't usually happen in your spouse until it happens inside of me. One scholar said that evangelism affects others. Revival affects me. And I believe that Orange County will only burn as bright as the church burns. We can't expect the non-believing world to have a conviction, a love, and a moral compass, and a God that we don't have a passion for. And I was praying this week, and I sensed God speaking to me about, about Joshua, the first instructions before they transformed the entire land of Canaan, subdued 31 kings. The first marching orders was, arise. And I believe that if you're going to be a transformer of your family, if God's going to transform you to transform your marriage and transform your parents so your kids are changed, and if our, listen, societies will only be as healthy as the families in it. And we can complain all day long about the state of California. You change California one family at a time. Are you hearing me? And so God was speaking to me about, and just by the way, God has never needed good circumstances to revive. Historically, we never find revivals in America out of times of peace and out of times of prosperity. When awakening happened at Azusa Street, when the Jesus People Movement happened, right after Vietnam, right after World War II, right after the Great Depression, it was always famine, pestilence, wars, and tragedies that had a way of waking people up. God, we need you. Maybe we don't just need money. Maybe we don't just need houses. Maybe we don't just need to travel. Maybe we need God. He is a master painter. And I believe right now that God will paint something beautiful on the canvas of 2020. On the canvas of maybe there are, and I do believe there are, there are, listen to me, don't, don't be mocked. Don't be, don't be deceived. There are people in the world that are as committed to darkness as there are people like you and me that are committed to the light. If you don't believe that, you're deceived. There are people that, that have leveraged their lives for satanic agendas like we have leveraged our lives for the kingdom of heaven. And I believe that God says, I will not be mocked. The gallows that are being built for the church, that are being built for the, for the people of God, we serve a God that we read the story of Haman, and if God can do it then, come on, he can raise up Esther's now. Amen? Amen? We gotta be strong. I was reading this, I felt like this was marching orders. California, be strong. California, be courageous. Don't get timid, don't get passive, don't be just lackadaisical or apathetic. We gotta stop retreating. I'm telling you, I'm seeing it already. It's already starting to happen. If you knew all the titans of industries that go to this church, I meet with people every week that are, man, they are changing the landscape of their sphere of influence. We have educators that are changing. They're bringing the kingdom of God into education. We have entertainers that are bringing the kingdom of God into entertainment. We have artists. We have innovators. We have inventors. We have attorneys. We have doctors. We are, are you hearing me? God's already raising up the Daniels. He's raising up the Esters. And I believe this, that this is going to be our finest hour as the church, is the hour that we believe that God can turn what the enemy meant for evil, and he can turn it around for good. I believe there's going to be a revival that hits the coast of California. I believe it's going to start in the coastal cities. I believe it's going to work its way from the coast all the way to the east coast. Uh, it's been prophesied and spoken about that revival would start in the West. And I believe that, listen to me, sometimes it's not until you get everything removed from you that you, you figure out what we really need. 
2020's gift was this, that we don't need a lot of things. But we do need the people of God. We do need community. There is something about a screen that cannot artificially replace being person to person and laying hands on somebody when they need a touch from God. It's all right, come on. Can I get a good hand clap in here? We believe in a God that says rise. He told me this week that he's, we're going to see transformation start this week. I believe there's going to be some major things. Listen to me. Jesus said everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And when God shakes things, two things you got to be aware of. He shakes things into culture when shaking's happening. He's shaking a desire for God back in. And when things are being shaken, he shakes things out of culture. I'm okay with shaking as long as I know who's doing the shaking. Come on. And today, God told me to, that the first thing that we're going to do, like Joshua, if we're going to see transformation of a land, is we have to, number one, we have to rise. Now, I asked him, I said, God, why did you say that? You could have said a lot of things. Why come higher? Why, why get up? Why stand up? Why rise? And God told me this, that, that before we are transformed and before we transform anything else, we have to give God permission to call us higher. You know why many of us don't ever do anything great? Because no one ever challenges us to come higher. I look back in my life and I go, man, the moments that I made substantial growth moments in my life, it was because someone ahead of me looked back and said, you can go higher. Most people do not rise until someone asks them to. And I believe that God is looking at his bride. He's looking at California and he says, hey guys, are you going to be apathetic? Or are we going to believe that God can revive our land? Are we going to believe that God can still do miracles today? That if the Jesus people happen uh, in our grandparents and our parents' generation, maybe God could wake up California again. Maybe if God could start Calvary Chapel, start the vineyard, start Crystal Cathedral, start some of the television entities here in California, maybe if he did it in other decades... I don't know. I just feel like God. It says in Luke. I think Luke chapter 6, he says, when the Son of Man returns, will he find anybody believing? Will he find people that have faith still? Can I just tell you, my problem with the world that goes to hell is it requires, it requires a theological worldview that requires zero faith. I don't have to believe at all that things are going to get worse. I don't need faith for things to fall apart. I don't need faith that things are going to stay the same. I need faith because God can change things. Are you with me? How many want to have faith when God returns? He's not coming back for a bride that doesn't believe. He's coming back for a people that go, God, I still believe. I believe that you can open up blind eyes, deaf ears. You can, God, deliver the addict. God, you can restore the broken marriage. God, you can reach the kid that's living in darkness. I still believe that God can come back for a church that's as glorious as the one that he left. He's not coming back for a weaker bride. He's not coming back for Christians that are on life support. Someone else is doing the breathing for us. If COVID taught us anything, it's that the church can get by without the lights. We can make it without the speakers. We get by without the LED walls. We can do it. We can do it in tents. We can get on beaches. We can get in lawn chairs. I'm a firm believer that we only rise when we give permission to God to let us call us higher. John Wimber said this interesting thing. He said, I'm convinced that our conviction of how we follow Jesus is more important than we realize. You know what makes churches different? You know what makes movements different? You know what makes different streams in the body of Christ different? Is the conviction they have in how they follow Jesus. Some people follow Jesus with their hands in their pockets. Some people follow Jesus at a distance like Peter before he denied him. Some people follow Jesus, man, that they're in the same city but not, not living close. And I want you to know today that no one determines how close you follow Jesus except you. It's not your pastor's responsibility. It's not your mama's responsibility. It's not your grandma's responsibility. No one else can get close to God for you. We determine the proximity of Jesus. And I felt today that God says, 
I told Joshua to rise before he conquered the giants because if we're ever going to see transformation, you have to give me permission to call you higher. I think that sometimes we settle for living in low things. Low living. You ever heard someone say a low life? What's a low life? It's living below where you should live. Some of you are living low lives of alcohol abuse, low lives that you're in the club on Saturdays, you're in church on Sundays, and I'm, please, I'm glad you're here. But make no mistake about it, that this is the only place that you get satisfied. There is some stuff that you can do, you can sniff the line, you can smoke the joint, you can drink the drink, but I'm telling you right now, if you regret it after you participated in it, was it really fun? A lot of fun is short-sighted. One of the guys yesterday at the conference said that the fastest way to hell is immediate gratification. God told me years ago, he said, the fastest way to unsatisfaction, dissatisfaction, is to spend your best on anything other than God. You know what leads to emptiness? Giving your best energy. Giving your best passion. Giving your best resources. Giving the best of your creativity. When you give your best to something other than God, it will always create this uh, anemic condition in your spirit. God is worthy of our best. Our greatest designs, our greatest films, our greatest architecture, our greatest innovations, our greatest ideas, our greatest scholars, our greatest, are you hearing me today? The greatest in the world should be those that are using it for God. And the days are coming that it's happening. I see it in our church. There's people right now that have spheres of influence that are massive, that are leveraging their platforms to say, you know what, I am living my life for Jesus. You can serve God and not be a weirdo. Come on, can I get an amen? I can love Jesus, I can go higher and not be critical of other people. Listen to me, there's a difference between speaking the truth in love. Some Christians speak the truth, but they have zero love. And some Christians have all love, but they have zero truth. America needs a church that honors both. Truth without love is like surgery without anesthesia. But man, love without truth is like a medicine bottle with no pills in it. If we're going to see change in California, we have to embrace the God that is full of love, but is full of truth. You know, by the, you know by the clapping here today? It's okay? It's okay? Is it okay to say truth? Is it okay to say there's a right way and a wrong way? It's not relative, bro. You might offend somebody. If we're going to offend somebody, let's offend them with things that are eternal. There is a real God. There is a real king that's Lord of all kings. There is a kingdom that will be a part of that last, come on, like the sandlot, for forever. Of his kingdom, there's no end. We will be with him in glory. Those that are dead in Christ will rise. The sky will split, the trumpet will sound, and we'll see our Messiah on a white horse with fire in his eyes. That is truth. Truth. And how we spend this life determines how we live in eternity. Some of us casually, you plan passionately for your 401k, passionately for your IRAs, passionately for your portfolios, and you spend so much time thinking about 60, 70, 80 years old when you're retired, but you spend zero energy thinking about eternity. You spend more time thinking about retirement than you do thinking about eternity. God, remind us this life is fleeting. It's but a vapor. And if you have it one time to spend, we have to spend it right. God, I give you permission if I'm going to be a transformer. God, please help me to rise. Number two, you will only rise if you, like Joshua, what did he say? I need you to read it, and I need you to read it day and night. I need the word of God to get into the pores of your body. It needs to reek out of your pores like an onion. Come on. Like garlic. Like you went to Subway and people says, come on, you've been eating fresh. I am telling you, the word of God. And I'll be honest with you, some of you guys, you have CNN breath. You have Fox News breath. 
You have Instagram breath. I'm looking for the Christians that have some word of God breath. Where are the people? You smell like the word of God. You smell like you've been meditating on the promises of God. You have like the smell of truth. You, you're gracious. You're humble. You're pure. You stand when everybody else is bowing. You have a backbone, but you're kind. Where are those Christians? Where are the Christians that love but still speak the truth? Where are the ones that have the breath of Jesus? You smell like you've been eating the word of God. You got word breath. I believe it's happening already. I've seen it in some of your marriages. I'm so proud of some of the, so many of you guys. I knew you before I met you in this church. If that makes sense. It's trying to say, I knew who you are when I met you. And I've seen what God has done in three weeks, three months, one year, two years. And by the way, when people get critical, because there's always opinions about churches when they get bigger, always look at the fruit. Jesus said, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit. Bad trees do not bear good fruit. So when you find, come on, the, the negative Nancy that's trying to critique God's church and trying to throw rocks at pastors. By the way, I want to say this, that Jesus defines the devil. He could have said a lot of things about the devil. His number one title, when you know that someone's satanic, is he calls them the accuser of the brethren. So when people are throwing rocks at churches or leaders in the church, you are operating with a satanic agenda. And what I would tell you is this, always look for the fruit. Great leaders, great Christians produce great fruit. People say, Mark, what's the thing you're most proud of? I am proud that there is 15 people that I have pastored since they were sixth grade that are now in their early 30s that have been with me since they were in junior high in my small group. They all love Jesus. Joel Faust, Melanie Faust. I've known, I know Dan Dunson, Stephanie Dunson, Josiah Ness, Jordan Younger. I've known these guys since they were here. They're changing industries now. Good trees bear good fruit. Gossipy people, they produce gossipy people. I don't know, I feel like preaching a little bit today. We will rise when we say, God, give you permission to bring me higher. Number two, stay with me, is we're going to be a church that we're going to read. We're going to have the word of God breath. Notice what it says. Have you ever seen this before? Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by. Faith comes by. Now, I know we've done that a million times, but listen. Have you ever thought about this? It doesn't say that faith comes by having heard. Why do we need to read the Bible every day? Because faith does not come by hearing it two years ago. Faith does not come by growing up in church when you were in your 10s, in your 20s, in your, you know, your, your teen years. It says faith comes by not having heard, by hearing. Hearing is present tense. It means that faith only comes when we're present with God. The reason why some of you have no faith is because you have no present relationship. When was the last time you got alone with Jesus? Shut the door. Turned your phone off. Turned some worship music on. Lifted your voice. Where's the generation of men that are going to be caught by their kids on their knees praying? Where's the generation? I remember. I remember walking into my grandpa's study when he was studying to preach. I remember him sitting at his desk, his little desk, commentaries out, Bible open, doing studies. I remember him praying. I, I remember his Irish. He was 100% Irish. I remember my grandpa Francie praying in his Irish accent. I remember my grandma crying, crying on the floor, praying in the spirit, praying for her grandkids, praying for her son when she was going through a divorce. I remember being raised in environments, even though I wasn't living for God, that I was around people that knew him. Where are those that will spend time in faith by hearing. Well, I read the Bible before. Has it changed? No. Has your life changed? Yes. So if you've read the Bible and you read it when your life was good, all you got was the sunshine verses out of the Bible. But when you go through a storm and you read the same chapter you read yesterday in the sunlight, all of a sudden the scriptures on storms come alive. 
You see, the Bible does not change. And the reason why we have to continue to read it is because the application of the Word of God is determined by the season that we are in. So we read to get faith. Faith comes by currently hearing. Faith is current, present tense. And he told Joshua, you're going to transform this region because you're going you're to let me call you higher. You're going to rise. You're going to read, and when you read, it's going to start to change things. And when you read, what's going to happen when you read the Bible, guys? Let me tell you a secret. When you begin to read the Bible, you're going to start disagreeing with some stuff. Can I tell the truth of California? You're going to read it sometimes, and you're going to disagree with it. Oh, I don't like that. Can I ask you an honest question today? When was the last time you disagreed with God? And I'm going to tell you a little dirty secret. If you can't think of the last time that you disagreed with him, and you did it anyways, and you obeyed him anyways, you're sitting in his seat. You are the Lord of your life if there is never any disagreements. I can tell you this morning that God told me to send a text message. I don't want to give something. I'm like, all right, I'll find. And I wrestled with God, and he said, I want you to give that. And I was dragging my feet. Listen, there's many times that God speaks to me to do something that I do not want to do. My submission to his voice is what reveals if I'm following him or if I'm trying to get him to follow me. We got a lot of Christians that are trying to get God to follow me. Yeah, you follow me, buddy. You follow me. I like some of the stuff you do. I want heaven. I want eternal rewards, but I want to live like hell my way here now. I want the benefits of your kingdom, but I want none of the responsibilities. We have to come on, California. We got to rise. How do we rise? We rise by, write this down, not only by reading, but when we read, we have to let God reject and we have to accept. There is something in our walk with God that rejects what's evil and accepts what's godly. And here's the truth. I want to be very honest with you. Galatians chapter 5, you can read it. It talks about left to you and to me, we have a bunch of dark stuff. We like sleeping around. We like getting high. We like all kinds of bad habits. We like to get angry, outburst of wrath, lying, gossip, jealousy, contentious, uh, contentions without God. Be, hear me clearly, and this might just tell you the truth. Theologically, we are not good people that occasionally do bad things. Theologically, we are born under the Adamic nature. That is why you don't teach your kids how to be selfish. They come out of the, they come out of the crate knowing how to be selfish. They come out of the box, come on, knowing how to be selfish. You don't teach your kids. I don't, I've never met a parent that's like, man, I had to teach my kids to stop being so generous. They're just sharing toys and lavishing all their clothes and take everything that I own. Kids aren't like that. The first word of most kids is not mom or dad, it's mine, mine, mine. Why? Because you were born under a fallen nature. That's why God told Jesus. Jesus told Nicodemus at night. He said, you have to be born again. Why the need for a second birth? Because your first birth, you were born under the Adamic way. Your second birth is by faith in Jesus Christ. That you, you're born into a new kingdom, a new paradigm. And you have access to a new spirit that could change the inside of you. What does that mean? That when we read the Bible... We make a choice in Galatians. We make a choice to say, God, would you, I reject the flesh. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Jesus. It is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. The life I live today, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me, who gave himself for, are you still with me today? I want you to know that not every thought you think belongs to you. Not every carnal emotion you feel is from God. And just because it's between your ears does not mean it's supposed to be entertained in your heart. God has given you the authority as his sons to reject the trash that tries to flood your brains. You can change, but you have to take your thoughts captive, the Bible says. We reject demonic agendas, selfish agendas, Mark Francie being the Lord of the universe, agendas, and I say, no, Mark died, old Mark is gone, greedy Mark is gone, stingy Mark is gone, dark-hearted Mark is gone, fearful Mark is gone, perverted Mark is dead. Hear me, it is Christ. 
I reject the old me. And I say today I'm going to rise in the image of Jesus. Romans 8 talks about putting off the old man, putting on the new man. I love that. It actually talks about it even in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4 says to put off the old man, to put on the new man that's made in the image of Jesus. You know what we do, church? We have to rise, and we rise by reading. We rise by rejecting the wrong things, accepting the God things, and by replacing. Say it with me, replace. You know why many of you live in the trash that's sitting in your front yard your whole life? Because the Bible says that when you call Jesus and you say, get the darkness out of my life, it will leave. But it also tells us that if you don't replace that space with God, that it is very feasible for something worse to come back and attack you once again. We take stuff out of our lives, but we're not putting God back into it. There is a divine exchange that when I, when I started getting out of pornography, when I got saved, God started taking me on this journey of purifying my mind and my heart. I started memorizing ver uh, verses on purity. I realized that my mind is a computer. And the only way that I will think a new way is if I download new software. This book is, is 66 books of software that you memorize. That blessed are the pure in heart. They will see God. I believe the reason why I see God now is because God purified my heart. He purified my heart because I invited him to replace the old stuff for his stuff. I believe that we transform regions when we rise, when we read, when we reject, and when we replace. And after we replace, the last thing that God does before we transform our families and we transform our cities is we, we see that occur when number five happens, when God begins to renew us. I want to read this powerful verse to you. I love it. It's so good. It says, uh, it says in uh, Titus chapter 3, it says that God saved us, not because of the righteous things that we have done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins. He gave us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Because of his grace, he made us right in the sight and gave us confidence that we'll be able to inherit eternal life. How are we renewed? I'll tell you very simply. God renews the people of God by filling us with the Spirit of God. You will never paint like Michelangelo without being filled with the spirit of Michelangelo. You don't innovate like Steve Jobs without the spirit of Steve Jobs. You don't, you don't uh, play, play, play the piano like Beethoven without the spirit of Beethoven. You do not live like Jesus. We're not renewed into the image of Jesus without experiencing the spirit of Jesus. I close. I'm done. I want you to know today that God will transform cities, regions, and nations. When men and women say, God, I, I, I'm asking you, call me higher. Make me more like you. I feel like we spend more time defending how we've always been than putting energy into becoming like Jesus. We spend more energy going, God, I've always been angry. I've always been a kind of a gossip. I've always been, I've always been raging. I've always been perverted. I've always had uh, loose lips. I've always had dirty speech. I've just always, you put more energy defending your low nature than being hungry for your God nature. Did you know that you're going to reign with Jesus forever in heaven? Some of you are going to be shipped off to, board, to boarding schools when you get to heaven to learn how to clean up your act. Don't wait for eternity to let God transform you into his image. You know what my heart burns for? is Christians in California that don't army crawl into heaven. I don't want anybody of you in this room, I don't want to pastor anybody that is nervous on their deathbeds. I don't know if I really am a Christian. I want to, I want to pastor people that are convinced that there's going to be a standing ovation. That the angels are going to get up and they're going to go, they're going to listen to the voice of the Father saying, well done. You didn't crawl through life with your faith, you soared. 
You weren't ashamed of me in, or in Orange County. You weren't ashamed of me in your, in your boardroom. You weren't ashamed of me in your courtroom. You weren't ashamed of me in your classroom. You weren't ashamed of me in your bedrooms. And because we let them transform us, we live a life that matters. You can spend your life any way you want to spend it, but you can only spend it once. And I am convinced that if eternity is real, and, and I am convinced that if eternity, heaven is for real, that we have to spend more energy, time, and passion into what lasts forever than what's temporary. Amen? Stand your feet. Thank you, Holy Spirit. How do we see Joshua transformation? Well, Josh, Joshua was the one that, he, was a, he rised. Joshua read day and night. How many want to be a church that has the word of God breath? I want people to smell the breath of God's word in my mouth. I've learned that if God says something to you and it touches you, if you share it with somebody else, it usually touches them too. When God's breath is on a prophetic word, when you share it with someone else, it usually still has God's breath on it. It is amazing that when you worship God privately, when the breath of God comes into your room privately, it's there when you're there publicly. We need a generation that gets hungry for that space again. Transformed. I'm going to be renewed. I don't know. Anybody want to invite God to make us like Jesus now? Some of you will become like Jesus in heaven. But man, I would prefer to become as much like him on this side. So when I get there, there's not as much stuff to learn. Amen? One day, y'all going to smile at me and say, Mark, you're right. We're going to be in heaven. I'm going to float through your wall. I'm going to take some Ben and Jerry's out of your freezer. I'm going to say, I was right. I was right, wasn't I? You were more stressed out about golfing every day in your 70s than you were about living your life in your 60s and your 50s for the kingdom of heaven. Let's transform Orange County. Let's be the church that's salt that's light, that has not lost its way. I feel bold today in this. I feel like some of you today, if we're being honest, the spirit of California has, has corrupted your spirit. The greed in this county has corrupted your spirit. The impurity in this county has corrupted your spirit. The, the idolization of family and kids, but not God. Listen to me, an idol is anything that's sitting in God's seat. And I feel today like God says, if my people, who are called by my name. If they'll say, God, we might have got it wrong. God, we might have been focused on the wrong stuff. God, forgive us for giving energy that belonged to you. Forgive us for giving time that belonged to you. Are you hearing me today? I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying, God, sometimes you got to turn the heat up. Sometimes we change faster when we feel the heat than when we see the light. And I feel that today. A lot of crazy stuff happened in the world. We need God to open the church back up. Close your eyes. And I want to be bold today. I just feel it. I'm going I'm to say it how I feel it today. How many feel like you've lost some of your fire? Maybe it's the news. Maybe it's all the junk going on in the world. I, we're being honest. I think we all have at times. But how many would invite God once again to give you a fire that would transform your mind? A fire that would convert your heart? A fire that would reestablish convictions? Listen to me. If God cannot convict you in church, where can he convict you? God can't call you higher while you're at church. Where do people get called higher? Well, we have a goal. The goal is not to become like Rochelle Francie or Mark Francie. The goal is to become like Jesus Christ. He is our model. He is our goal. He is our prize. He is our high reward. Today, if you say, Mark, would you pray for me? I feel like I've lost some of my, my, my fire. I feel like I've gotten a little distracted, maybe even lost my way. Maybe you're not in Egypt, but you're wandering in the wilderness right now. Can I pray for you today? I'm going to just say, Mark, would you pray that God would give me a fresh fire? Would you lift your hands if you feel like you just need a, 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 a fresh dose? A fresh dose. Come on, Lord, blow. I pray that there be a wind of your, of your spirit that would ignite, Lord, a holy hunger, fresh fire, newfound convictions. I pray, Lord, a new, a new resolve. I pray like Daniel that we'd be a church that would purpose in our hearts not to defile ourselves with the delicacies of what's around us. I know that we're in Orange County, but I pray that, Lord, we would influence it. It would influence us. I thank you that we're in this world, but we are not of this world. 
that we belong to a kingdom that is not, not of this place. It's, it's where we're headed. I pray today, Holy Spirit, we lift our hands to you and we just say, revive us. Come on, say it. Revive us according to your word. How can a young person cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. How many want to rise? How many would give God permission to call you higher? Raise your hand. God, I give you permission to call me higher. Higher in my convictions. If it doesn't honor God, I'm not into it. If I'm not proud to do it in front of my church, I'm not going to be proud to do it privately. we got too many pastors in America that do one thing and close doors, and they live differently in front of their churches. God, make us the same privately and publicly. If I'm not proud to do it in front of my leaders, I'm not proud to do it with my wife or by myself. We are who we are all the time. Come on, in Jesus' name. If you're here and you say, God, not only do I want to rise, I want to be a reader. Come on, lift your hands. I want to start getting God breath. Word of God breath. Would you give me a wave if you say, I'm going to carve out five or ten minutes every day before I do anything else. Before I check the news, I'm going to check God's news. Give me a wave. Come on, you feel like God's calling you back to reading your Bible every day. A revival of God's Word. A revival of reading God's Word. God, revive me according to your Word. How many feel like God's going to put a new appetite to reject dark things? I felt the thing. Some of you have to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. I am done with this sickness. I'm done with this darkness. I'm done with this disorder. I'm sick of this addiction. I am coming to God hungry. We got to pray hungry. We got to worship hungry. I read the Bible like I don't know anything at all. I pray like I can't have no, I, like, I pray like God has to do, come on, like I just call on you, God. I have nothing without you. Where's the hungry people at? And I pray, Lord, today, not only would we rise, not only would we read, not only would we reject. How many feel like you got to replace some things in your life? Turn off Netflix for a little bit. Turn on some worship music. Get alone with God. We lift our hearts to you. We lift our lives to you. Give it all to you. We lift our hands to you. We lift our hearts to you. We give our yeah, 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 yeah. We lift our hearts to you. We lift our hands to you. We lift our hearts to you. We lift our hands to you. We lift our hearts to you. We lift our hearts to you.
invite you to take us higher. I pray as your bride in California, call us higher. We don't want to live low. We don't want to live at a level that you died, God, to give us something greater than. I ask you today that you would, you would elevate our faith. I pray that you would take us to a greater passion. I pray that we wouldn't be the lukewarm church that it's written about in Revelations. I pray that we'd be on fire, that we'd be a church that's burning with the fire of God. I pray that we'd be like the burning bush that consumes, uh, uh, is burning with fire but does not burn out. I ask you today that you'd revive us. Revive California. God, it, it says, it says if the, it says if the, the righteous, uh, uh, if the righteous are taken out, what, what can the righteous do? What is that verse? It's a, what, what can the righteous do? When the foundations are destroyed, it talks about how that the, the righteous are affected. We gotta, we gotta let God rebuild even the foundations of our state. I pray, Lord, today, this is the golden state. The state doesn't belong to hell. The state doesn't belong, the state doesn't belong to wicked agendas. This state belongs to Jesus. This land belongs to Jesus. The kingdom of God invade California. I don't know why I just feel this. Can we just stretch with our hands towards Sacramento? It's Northern California. I ask you, Lord, that every layer of this, of this state, I pray that this would be a week of Saul's conversions. I pray, Lord, that we, we would even read articles about major politicians major business leaders. I even pray for big tech companies. I pray that this will be a, a week of Lord Saul's on the road to Damascus coming off their horses and turning into Paul's. I pray that you would revive Lord CEOs of big tech companies. I pray that you begin to raise up Lord righteous technology. You told me two weeks ago that there's going to be like Elon Musk that begin to rise out of the church. There is going to be people, Mark Zuckerbergs, that rise out of the church. And I, I call them in in Jesus' name. We call in righteous kings like Josiah. Righteous kings like Hezekiah. We call in Lord Deborahs. We call in Lord the Esters. Lord, raise up the righteous. Foundations are destroyed. What can the righteous do? We ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would make this the golden state once again. God, forgive us for, Lord, producing pornography. Forgive us for producing videos and movies that didn't honor you. Forgive us for, for music that dishonored you. Forgive us, Lord, for leveraging technology in a way that dishonored you. God, would you revive this land? Revive this land. In Jesus' name. If you need healing in your body, I'm praying for two things that I'm done. If you need healing in your body, I just want you to lift your hands. He's here. Feel the wind of the Spirit. The breath of God healing people. There is someone that you're numb on like the left side of your body. You have a numbness. Left arm, left leg, left rib cage. God's healing it right now. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth for the, for the, for the, even the, um, there's, there's actually even vocal cords that have stopped working. They've gone numb. And I see even vocal cords coming back online. Someone's voice is coming back. I feel like God is not only restoring a spiritual voice that you've lost, but God's even restoring a natural voice. You're going to sing again. You're going to worship again. You're going you're to preach again. You're going to declare again. You're going to prophesy again. I, I thank you that you're bringing the voice. I don't know. I feel like almost like hell is trying to keep the church in California muted. We, we clicked that unmute button today. We lift our hands. We say that we are the people of God that we will say what you want us to say, we will do what you want us to do, that we'll be like Paul, having done all, we're going to stand. Come on, we're going to stand having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having put, shot our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, having drawn out the sword of the Spirit, above all, picking up the shield of faith, putting on the helmet of salvation. We will have the mind of Christ. Like David, we'll have the high praises of God in our mouth and a two-edged sword in our hands. I pray that you would revive your church. Revive your church. In Jesus' name. Any healing in your body? Just lift your hands all over. Any healing in your body? Someone's hands up next to you. If you know them, you live with them, or if they feel comfortable, just put your hand on their shoulder. Someone's hands up next to you. We're going to believe God. I don't heal people. Jesus does. You don't heal people. Jesus does.
doesn't take long for God to heal. So I want you to pray this prayer all over the tents today, even online right now. I want you to say it like this, say, in Jesus' name. We declare what you paid for on the cross. We withdraw on earth as it is in heaven today. Cancer, you got to go. Bipolar conditions, you have to go. Chemical imbalancement, you got to go. Thyroid, fibromyalgia, yeah, 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 skin disease, uh, even uh, epilepsy. You got to go in Jesus' name. Come on, say it right this say peace and be still. That ADHD, the ADD, that, that anxiety, that fear, you got to go. You got to go. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Come on, if you're, if, you're a, if you're paralyzed part of your body, someone should put your hand, whatever part of your body that's not working. Someone next to you can even lay hands on you if you're really paralyzed. I pray that this would be a season, Lord, of miracles. I ask you that you would do miracles in Oceans Church that the world cannot ignore. I ask that these tents and our buildings would, would host an environment of God environments. That you would, you would heal people in ways that, Lord, the news media could not ignore. YouTube could not censor. I ask you in Jesus Christ's name that we would enter into a summer of miracles that we have never seen before. Of blind eyes opening up, deaf ears opening up, cancer dissolving, metal plates being removed, paralyzed walking, and God getting all the glory. We invite you to heal. Well, if you receive it, say, I receive it. Last thing we do today, sorry for a little long. Last thing I want to do today as we close is you're here and you're not living for God. Last service, we had two people that have never made a decision for Jesus their whole life. There was 12 more after that that rededicated their lives. But whether it's a very first time decision or maybe you've been away from God for five years, five months, maybe it's been five days since you turned your back on God. You know what's interesting about the promised land? is they can only enter the promised land when they turn their back on the wilderness. And I feel today, the Holy Spirit says, if you want God's promised land, you got to be willing to turn your back on the wilderness. Get out of the wandering, get out of the weeds, get out of those Egyptian mentalities, those disorders and those addictions, and say, God, as for me, my house, I'm going to serve God. Be willing to turn your back on the wilderness. Eyes closed, heads bowed, I'm out of time. If you're online, you're going to write heart, H-E-A-R-T. If you need to give your life to God today, you want to re rededicate your life to Jesus, write H-E-A-R-T, heart. If you're in these tents today, I'm going to ask you to raise your hands. I'm not going to embarrass you. We're going to spend five, just two minutes, be done. If you're here today and you say, Mark, I want to give my life back to Jesus, or for the first time, I want to put my faith in God. I just want you to lift your hands all over these tents. I'm going to give you three seconds to do it, but there's always brave people that start raising their hands right away because they don't want to wait. I see three or four hands already going up. I thank you today. One, every person that needs to respond, start getting ready right now. Two, thank you for more hands going up right now. I pray everyone that needs to get right today would get right. No one would miss the bus. I pray three, Lord, this will be a day of salvation that our families would remember. All over, raise your hand right now, right now, right now. One, real high. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. Seventeen hands. I want everyone in this, on everyone in the tents today, I want you to lift your hands. Seventeen at least. You know, every week they tell me, they go, Mark, there's always people in the back that you can't see that have their hands up this high. I know, there's, I know I'm, I'm counting conservatively. There's at least 17. But I would say for all of them that we're going to lift our hands and collectively, we're going to invite God into all of our lives. Come on, pray this with Oceans Church today online and in person. Say, Jesus, we invite you to fill our minds, flood our hearts, and to fill us with the spirit of the living God. Would you change your appetites? We turn our backs on the wilderness. We turn our backs on the, the Egypts we come from. And we look forward 
to the land whose builder and whose maker is Jesus Christ. As for me, as for my life, I will believe and I will see the goodness of Jesus in the land of the living. If you need a light, here I am. If you need a voice, here I am. If you need a surrendered heart, here I am. So today, all over the tents, we say, Lord, have your way. Jesus is the Lord and the leader of my life. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Someone that believes that God's not done with California said amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.